Hello, what have we here? Welcome to the IDP Edge Crushers, the Dynasty Football Network's IDP-centric show. We are your hosts, Dan Cook and Daryl Winston. Are you ready for some tenacious IDP discussion? We've got you covered from your LB one-year taxi squad. This is the IDP Edge NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And we're back this week, and we have a very special guest with us this week from the Under the Helmet podcast team. Uh, Katie Flower is with us. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing good. I'm on spring, I'm on summer break, so just kind of living the life, going to the pool, hanging oh, out. That's, that's awesome. I've just finished my vacation this week, and I'm heading to Bozeman, Montana tomorrow for work. Uh, looking forward to it because I get an extra day, and I'm going to float the Madison River on an inner tube and just uh, relax under the big sky with the mountains. So looking that, forward to that adventure. That sounds very scenic. Yes, Definitely. I can't wait. And Daryl, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Daryl just had a birthday, and he turned like 60 years old, from what I hear. <laughs> Happy birthday, Daryl. Did you old. get your AARP card? <laughs> no, not yet. I've not quite made it that far yet. Oh, okay. So he's just pulling my leg that you're not 60. Yeah, yeah he's, what, 42? Yeah. Okay, yeah. See, uh, his other podcast, the Rated IDP Live Show, uh, his, his co-host had me record a voicemail for him to play on air on Friday night. So uh, that, that was interesting and fun. Uh, you know, if I had feelings, that would almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we can bust stones, but, uh, you know, I think I only made two rude comments during the email, about, or during the voicemail. Doug almost picked up. I texted him. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave the voicemail. And he almost picked up, he said. I'm like, oh, man. But that's that's Oklahoma Doug for you. You guys are uh, still going strong here. I'm going to join you guys in a couple weeks, I think, when uh, yeah. I get some time. That's yeah. the No Holds Barred IDP podcast here that Daryl does. So we're, we're, yeah, a, li- we're, we're a little more team. <laughs> but on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, draft strategy. And we brought uh, Katie on here uh, because, uh, if you know, Under the Helmet, uh, they are all about the strategy. And uh, I've been a listener for about two years uh, of the podcast. And uh, if I know one thing, it's that you guys definitely have your guys and you definitely have a strategy that you guys stick to for the most part. Uh, All four of you pretty much have a mindset ahead of time going into drafts. Yes and no. Uh, I think that while we are similar, there are enough differences. Um, and it definitely any game is going to be strategic. So when it comes to fantasy football, the, the first question I always ask when it's 
either an orphan that I'm taking over or a new league that's just starting up. I want to look at I want to look at the rules. I want to look at the you know scoring system and depth of the roster and depth of the starting lineups and then you can choose your strategy based on those factors yeah absolutely and and that's why we were talking beforehand about idp there's so many different scoring iterations and so many different uh lineup iterations that you can come up with and is you know how's the scoring compared to the offensive players and you know the really balanced leagues i think you can kind of go off the you know off the quote-unquote script and go a little crazy but you know, if you have a definite advantage, like Daryl and I in the Pod Wars uh, League, we, we saw an advantage at corner with De- uh, Desmond King. And there's no way in hell I would ever draft a corner before, like, one of my last picks. But uh, it's an IDP only, our side of it. But, you know, we, we saw some value. So I think it was, what, our fifth or sixth pick that we took a corner? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, he was the next closest corner to him was so far behind. From if you look back at the previous year scoring, it was a, it kind of made it an easy choice for us. Yeah, so it's like getting Travis Kelsey, basically a tight end. Yeah, you know, somebody that's going to far and away hopefully repeat, uh, which you know I he's think he third year player, so he should repeat that. Um, and they use him differently too than most teams do. Yeah, so we jumped the gun a little bit, Daryl. Uh, do Do you have any uh, news for us here? Good news. Uh, a few quick ones, nothing major. Miles Jarek said he's not worried about his contract deal, that it'll take care of itself. Sure it will, when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> um, Detroit's interested in uh, Demata Pico, but he wants to play for the Rams. Doesn't um, everybody? <laughs> right. If he, I'm not touching anything in Detroit right now. They got too many defensive linemen, so... Um, Trey Flowers may be the only one I would look at there. And then um, I guess the best piece of news is New York Giants rookie corner DeAndre Breaker is running with the first team during OTAs. Yeah. I don't know if they have anybody else. So, I mean, they have your your boy Julian well, Love. Be playing opposite uh, the Jackrabbit. Janoris Jenkins will be yeah, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, that's right. So that's they do have him. And I really like Love. I think he's the guy that they need to put in the slot. He probably will be from what I – from I mean – you know, here you're going to put there Tony Lippett. I was doing some research on, on a 32-team single copy league. I was just looking for anybody that could scrape off the free agency market, and Tony Lippett was one of the names out there. And I'm like, is he actually going to get any snaps at all? And this is the league we were talking about last week where I traded, like, my entire 19, 20, and 21 draft class to try to get some players to win now. So... Uh, that was a little crazy. I made a couple more trades in that and picked up a couple more pieces. So hopefully that works out. We'll see. Th- those aren't the trades we're going to talk about today. We got a couple no, trades no. later on in the show. We don't want to hear more about that league. It's still drafting. It'll be drafting for another month or so probably because you got like 900 players getting drafted in this thing. But uh, that all the news and notes for us. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So, on today's show, we're going to talk about draft strategy. We're going to start with the rookies, talk, talk about rookie draft strategy and, and how uh, Katie likes to go about her drafts and how Daryl likes to go. We already talked a little bit about how Daryl likes to. <laughs> he doesn't have any rules. He just takes whoever he wants. And then, 
I'm a little more conservative, I guess, when it comes to draft. I don't like to overdraft IDP. Every once in a while, I'll reach for a guy. Like Tremaine Edmonds, I reached for a little bit. Although that was like 212 last year. So we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, so we were looking at round one of a you know offense and defense draft. If everything's equal, scoring-wise, uh, Katie, what do you like? If Say if you have like the... I know you talk a lot about draft strategy. You know, if you're in the early part of the round, mid part of the round, late part of the round, what do you what do you like to go for? Okay, so in in round one, let's say that it's standard PPR, no tight end premium, no super flex. This year's offensive class is down, so I would have because of my Devi background, I would have already been anticipating. I would have been collecting as many second round and third round picks for my IDP in an off offensive class. That's the great time to get stacked up on good, solid IDP, IDP rookies. A lot of guys don't think that IDP rookies can contribute in year one, but whether it's for three games or half a year, or even late in the season and as it's coming in towards the playoffs, if they if they spot start towards the end of the season because of an injury, bingo. you've got something so early in the draft like 101 to 106 i'm not even going to consider an idp even in this year's class once you get outside the 106 and you start in the second half 107 and beyond there are some idp players that i would consider over some of those long shot wide receivers like a jj or sega whiteside who's been creeping towards the back half of the first a Paris Campbell I'd rather have an IDP over him a Debo Samuel I'd rather have an IDP over him uh, but if it's AJ Brown I'll take AJ Brown instead of the IDP if that gives you some kind of a line yeah I'm with you with the AJ Brown stuff you know I mm-hmm. I, I had him in a couple Devi leagues and I've been drafting him at like 111 like crazy like 111 110 19 He went at 105 in a draft in a non-premium draft yesterday and it it a little bit broke my heart. I was surprised because Daryl Henderson was still on the board and there were still some guys that normally go and and I thought shoot I can I can, I had 109 and I was like counting my AJ Brown shares and it's like ah Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get them all. Can't get them all. Yeah, Daryl's down there in Tennessee, so uh, we'll, we'll have to listen to him, and maybe he can – you going to training camp at all there, Daryl? I'm going to try to. Going to try to. Daryl went to the draft, and nice. he yes. doesn't he doesn't remember much about that weekend. but That's always <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, he met up with a couple of our uh, DFF compatriots uh, down there, and uh, I think uh, – Michael Fanara, you were on the Rookie Fever podcast yeah. with them, I believe. Yep, Waltner and Fanaro, they they came down for the draft. We had a good time, and it was cool. uh, it was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've wanted to go to an NFL combine, and I've wanted to go to an NFL draft, and someday I will. Yeah, that's how yeah, I feel. Someday. I always wanted to do the draft thing, and when they said they were coming to Nashville, I made plans the next day that they announced it. So I tried to get tickets when they were in Dallas here a couple years ago, and I couldn't. Yeah. See, it was free down here. There was no tickets. Yeah. You were just lining the streets, basically. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Great. You guys were all outdoors. This, yeah. This was held indoors at Jerry's World, so. Yeah. Vegas would be a pretty cool. Although, I think everybody in the world is going to try to go to Vegas to watch the draft, because that just sounds like a... 
Right. Sounds like a weekend that you will never speak of ever. Yeah. <laughs> they may make a number four though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the first round draft. So you're not afraid to really take a, an IDP late in the first. Then it was what I'm, I'm hearing. not in most years. It's going to be early second at the earliest usually, mm-hmm. but in this year, because of, being such a down class offensively and and so much alike you can get the same type of guy in in late round two even mid to late round three that are similar to players wide receivers that you would get in late round one so why pay that price for somebody that you're not sure of when the linebacker or potentially a safety has a lot more pedigree uh they were day one as compared to a day two wide receiver that you're taking a shot on. Yeah, and in this draft class, you know, there's about, I think, four or five guys that I'd really feel strongly about taking. Uh, obviously, the two linebackers, Bush and White. Uh, I have, like, zero shares of them, though, because I'm not going... I, People are taking them way too early. They're way too early. Like Daryl, you know. Three yeah. and four. One draft, okay? One draft. Now, I did. I did see a draft you did the other day. Uh, you finished up today. I think you did pretty well there. I think he had, he had the one hundred and one. I think he took Jacobs with the one hundred and one. Oh yeah. Now I know we're going to talk trading a little bit later, but this falls in along my lines of my IDP draft strategy, whether it's rookie strategy or a startup. But from what I have seen in the leagues that I've played in, and I've played in some auction IDP leagues, I've played in some that were even Debbie where you could take them while they're still in college, although not to the degree that Daryl plays in by any means or even you. Uh, And I never did take an IDP Debbie, even though I could have, but uh, where was I going with this? (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. We were talking about oh uh, there's just there's always somebody else that you can draft later that's going to be like an arbitrage to him like look at uh landon vanderesh was going much much later than roquan smith last year roquan was elite and and everything and even uh there's there's a couple of other guys that ended up doing outstanding uh, yeah yeah i got darius leonard much, much, i was gonna say darius leonard that I got him in like the third and fourth rounds of drafts, and I loved every minute of it last year. <laughs> so. Right. So with with IDP, you don't necessarily have to get the one big name that everybody else is getting. There's usually three or four, sometimes even more than that, that will seem to come out of the woodworks uh, Yeah. that are much better value. I see that at defensive end this year. I see defensive end. You don't really have to pay for Bosa. I don't think you really have to pay for um, for Josh Allen. You can get a guy like Clay. Although Clayland Farrell is climbing up the drive, draft boards, yeah. uh, pretty much. And, and you know, you could get guys like Zach Allen could start in Arizona, <laughs> feasibly. Max Crosby's a guy that uh, Dingus the other week uh, a couple weeks ago was telling us that you know and with oakland they don't really you know arden key who's never really flashed too much you know he's coming into his second year but i think defensive ends pretty deep and safeties like 
a lot of these safeties that we thought highly of coming into the draft, um, they have somebody in their way. But all it takes is an injury, a training camp battle, a cut to get a job. And there's a couple guys, you know, besides Savage and Abram, you know, they're pretty much locks to start from day one, more than likely. Besides right. those two, you know, it's a, it's a mishmash of, of stuff, pretty much. And outside of the two linebackers, you can get a ton of the, you know, rounds two to five linebackers on your rosters from rounds like four through seven in your draft, for the most part. Right. So I re- remember my original point you can always get somebody later on in the draft that if you use early draft capital, a 103, 106, or something like that, and and you forgo XYZ wide receiver who it is dynasty, and let's say it takes them two to three years before they finally start to dominate, but then they become the wide receiver one. Uh, you know, everybody in a startup draft is that linebacker that you drafted at 103 or 104 or 105 going to return that kind of draft capital, even if they become LB one, they're not in a trade. They're not right. So if you can't trade back or trade to a future draft class that has better offensive players, um, man, you got to sometimes take your guy and, and take that shot. Right. Daryl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes you just gotta you gotta stick with it and just roll with it and hey it'll yeah. work out i'm i'm all right i know dan likes to bust me on it a lot but and well, he says he says I mean, he's gonna take his offense next year because he'll probably have the first pick overall so he'll have plenty well, of chances well, at that know, first pick i just think this is such a such a deep defensive class that if you're hurting for defensive players that's exactly you right you gotta look at them so, right. yeah, I'm just not willing I to mean, look at them in the first round. Not even late? Nah, not normally. Um, See, I've been tracking these. I'm probably oh, 30, 35 drafts that's been turned into me, plus mine. Uh, and it's it's the top four have been going in the midway from the first to midway in the second, and that's Devin Bush, Devin White, Nick Bosa, and Ed Oliver. Those four, and they're all four usually routinely right in a row. I mean, within just a few picks of each other. So, I think I have more faith in the fact that I can find guys that'll be serviceable on defense that will, you know, somebody goes out, I'll pick them up off the waiver wire. You know, you, you got guys all the time that sprout up second half of the year because somebody goes out. Like I had uh, Doug Middleton as a safety from the Jets who was plugging in for Marcus May because he couldn't stay healthy at all last season. He was very serviceable at safety for me in a couple leagues, and it's, you know, he was putting up about the same points that May would have put up. And, you know, you're still getting, and I didn't have to pay, whereas I I think I had, you know, and not saying I took them in the high in, in the first or second round, but I had guys like Josh Adams and Gus Edwards sitting on my taxi squads that I could just plug in because uh, I just didn't really worry too much about IDP. I mean, I took my IDP guys in there, but late in the draft and taxi squad fill ups, I just kind of like to load up on the the lottery ticket running backs and wide receivers that you know could come out of nowhere. Yeah, and. That, that all ties into the strategy 
as I mentioned earlier, of trying to get as many second round, third round, and fourth round. A lot of people will throw in fourth round picks like their candy into a trade, and you you gather them up one or two years out, and then that's where you hit and stockpile your safeties and linebackers, your second, third, and fourth round of rookie drafts. Um, and in this year, because it is so far off from normal, as I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be afraid 109 to 112 range to, to go ahead and, and if you really believe in one of the Devons, just go ahead and pick them up. Uh, you're probably not going to ever trade for anything even that high, but you intend to keep them is more than likely the case and use them for the points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever look, I don't really ever look at IDP assets as hugely tradable because you just don't get what you perceive. I remember one league uh, is a home league. So we, I was introducing IDP to some people and the one guy in the league had no clue why uh, it was a trade. It was a few years back. It was Tyler Eifert for CJ Mosley or something like that. And he had no clue in the world why this guy would want C.J. Mosley for, for Eifert. And I'm like, Mosley puts up, in our league, Mosley put up the same amount of points pretty much. And it's a contract league too, so we had years, like Mosley was signed like five years. So the guy was going to have him for a long time. So he just I had no clue. He had no clue why somebody would want to trade for a linebacker. And I see that a lot, unless you're in these leagues, some of the leagues like me and Dan is, where everybody's just sharks. But <clears throat> I'll see a lot of leagues where owners, they have no clue or no desire to even mess with the IDP. They're like, well, I'll get them later. I'll pick them up. I love those type of leagues because there is so many points that they're leaving out there that it is, it's not even funny. Um, but, yeah. It's it's amazes me that you're playing in those type of leagues, and some of them are pretty deep IDP leagues, and they're just like, eh, I'll pick them up later. I'll do whatever. Well, the funny thing is because you have both sides of the ball in IDP leagues for the most part. You're going to have offense and you're going to have defense. You're going to give up a little to give to get. So while you're taking your linebackers and everybody else is fading them, they're picking up the running backs and they're more familiar with stacking their offense. And at the end of the day, which one ends up winning having both a good, strong offense and a good, strong defense, but there's many different ways to build that. And as Dan was saying, you can, because it, let's say you've got to start two to four at the three different positions, uh, some kind of defensive back, two to four, uh, linebackers, two to four, and defensive ends and tackles, two to four. That still leaves a lot of guys in a 12-team league on the waiver wire. And most people, when they stash, they're going to stash the running backs and wide receivers because they're easier to trade. They're going to go thinner at the IDP, and that leaves a lot more guys on the waiver wire during either injuries or suspensions or whatever. Yeah, and... I normally have a couple guys IDP wise. Um, never any corners. Daryl will be disappointed. Never, never <laughs> corners. Because um, I think you could pick those up off of the waiver wire pretty much weekly. You can yeah. kind of stream yeah. and those. play matchups and yeah, really just whoever's across from Peterson, which is killing my my theory because there's nobody across from Peterson for six games this week or this year. <laughs> yeah. 
because he's going to be sitting out. I think Byron Murphy is probably one of the few guys that I draft. Uh, uh, and we talked about this a little bit last week. He's a physical corner. He's not like uh, greedy. <laughs> Who's, no, no. who's adverse to tackling. And again, sorry, Mr. Williams, if you're listening. If you're listening, that's really cool. But uh, What did you say last week, though? I said that uh, he would prefer to untie somebody's shoes uh, and hope they trip <laughs> <laughs> than to try to tackle somebody. So, uh, Do you guys ever look at... Uh, some leagues will give you uh, punt return and kick return yards as well as the touchdowns. Do you ever look at special teams for your IDP, especially your defensive backs? That may also yeah. be on special teams as a kick return, punt returner. The Dory Jackson. Yep. He's great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every yeah. Team is another one. Punt return. If you get a lot of points for it, like I know one league, it's an, if it's, a, if it's an offense only league, but, and it does have actually a couple IDP slots, not that many, but like, return yardage that's who i basically targeted because uh it's again knowing your league and you know dory jackson's one of those that's great for that i think desmond king returns a lot yeah he's a partner yeah but if they break one and they get a touchdown it's not just the yards it's the touchdown touchdown, which you can't ever plan on but you can't plan on pick sixes either yeah Uh, so it i just it is something that i try to look for if if i've got the choice between a safety that does play on special teams versus one that doesn't, and they're both rookies, I'm going to lean towards yeah. if I'm in a punt return, kick return league. So as you mentioned, you've just got to know the format that you're in and what do they give points for. You'd be surprised how many people overlook just that one detail. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, not knowing your scoring will kill you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things. The first thing – we tell anybody is look at your scoring, yep. know your scoring. If you don't understand it, ask somebody. Like we, we, we always are open to answer anybody's questions. Um, got a few, few people that hit us up all the time. Yeah, but but the nice yeah, thing about is. Dynasty, also, you mentioned this just a little bit earlier, as far as rookies um, and being so deep at safety because everybody's behind somebody, but they're one injury away. Those are the perfect guys, the ones that will drop in value because they're not going to be starters right away. But yet you've got them on your, you you can just scoop two or three of them up and and stash them, whether you have a taxi squad or not. And just players do get hurt and next man up. Some of my favorites are uh, Taylor Rapp in the, for LA and um, Kyrie Willis uh, in Indianapolis because Clayton Gathers had never I don't think he's ever played 16 games um, <laughs> and um, there's one more I can't think of right now but uh, I know Daryl likes a bunch of safeties he likes Imani Hooker who he thinks uh, Vicar is yeah, out I don't think he's going to be huge this year but I think going forward he's going to be a good piece Thornhill will be a good piece in uh, Kansas City um, we already talked about Abram and Savage being the top two, and I think they're probably going to play right out the gate, most likely. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a few others. One that Dan that I'm really high on, and Dan should be too, is Marquise Blair for Seattle. I think he's going to start. I think he's taking that job. I think, he, yeah, and I think he's going to do so. well too. He's going to be probably a surprise pick because there's a lot of drafts. I'm not even seeing him drafted. He's creeping up to the boards because I've seen him drafted. Yeah, he's a creeping few. up. But- I mean, you know, your basic – in most of the drafts I've seen, it's always uh, 
It's always Savage. It's always Abram. It's always Thornhill. Blair at the beginning, it was hit or miss. And now you're seeing, and he's almost in every draft now that I've been getting the past week or so. So, yeah. And I think with those guys, they could hit uh, a big. And I think you're kind of kidding yourself if you think a rookie on either side of the ball is going to just be like Odell and win you a championship. You know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're hoping that that happens, but if you're relying on that, then, then you're really, you know, very few, you know, we got spoiled with some rookies over the past, you know, five years, we had huge rookie seasons. And I think Derwin everybody's, James. what's that? Derwin James. Yeah. yeah Derwin James. Yeah. Uh, but even on the offensive side of the ball, like Mike Evans and, and yeah. Odell, you know, having those huge rookie seasons has spoiled us. Cause now we just expect, you know, and Keel Harry to have, you know, 1500 yards and nine touchdowns because that's just what's going to happen because uh, that's what rookie wide receivers do now apparently but well the thing is like anything uh dynasty is forever but it's still a week by week game yeah and so whether it's idp rookies or uh, offensive rookies you still should take best player available in a rookie draft every chance that you get and then trade for need. If you have a particular need, like earlier in a draft today, I picked up two tight ends, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. It is tight end premium, but I have Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram and I'm fine, but yeah. those were the two best players available. I was not going to let them slide to somebody else and then sacrifice and take somebody lesser. I will end up trading somebody at some point down the line and I'll trade for need when that need occurs. So it's the same thing with IDP. Uh, you know, if, if you have a particular need and it matches best player available, then great. Yeah. And I kind of, that's why I don't think I normally draft IDPs too early. Cause I'm normally pretty set defensively. Cause I, in a startup, maybe I'm a little crazy and go a little early on some, and see, and I think that's guys. why on some of these teams I'm going defense, especially this year, mm-hmm. because in the past, I don't know, we'll say two years, I've took over a number of orphan teams, yeah, and every one of them is almost the same. They're, I don't want to say loaded, but they're stocked pretty well on offense, and the defense is just so horrible. Why not take that chance this year in this deep class and try to build some depth, get some talent there? So, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're taking on an orphan that has ignored the defensive side of the ball, then that might change your, you know, mind. Because yeah. if you say, well, if I pick up these three guys, that could change my defense and my offense is loaded, so I'll be fine. That's a different thing. And, and orphans, you know, there's two strategies seemingly with orphans. You either take over something decent because the owner was a jerk and got kicked out of the league. <laughs> or they left because it's a dumpster fire and you got to rehab it. So you got to trade anything that's useful pretty much to try to start from scratch almost. Yeah, I recently took over one last week or so. And really the only two positions in the whole thing that's good is quarterback and receiver. He has nothing else. No running backs, no tight ends, no nothing. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, the one uh, – the one, the league that we're both in, the Battle of Gridiron, we're in opposite – conferences but the the league Uh, the the jets team i took over apparently they had a zero rb concept because i think i don't even think i had a starting (laughs) running back out of the group i think i might have had like 
<laughs> I want to say maybe Dion Lewis or something like that, and that was like my only running back, pretty much. All the rest were like, this guy gave zero thought. It was only start one, so I guess he took that to heart as you only need one. So, but, <laughs> That's uh, pretty brutal. But yeah, I, I kind of I've rehabbed the running backs over the last couple of years. I have, I have a couple decent ones, um, but. Uh, I think it's a good time to transition into a startup because I kind of mentioned, uh, you know, I may be a little crazy and I'm normally the first guy that takes an IDP off the board. Um, <laughs> and Daryl is probably definitely the same way. Uh, I would venture to say if he's willing to take yeah. Bush and White at three. Um, how about you? You know, I know. I've heard you talk about filling out, you know, receivers uh do you like to build with receivers or running backs first well it depends on my draft position and where i am i like to trade back and gain value if i can and then if i do that then i try to if it's three to five wide receivers and two to four running backs i'm gonna build with the younger not necessarily uh, like i want a mike evans or Devonte adams as my wide receiver one, and then maybe like an Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, pair up a couple of good wide receivers and then add some veterans a little bit later in the draft, but build around the wide receivers because running backs are much easier to get organically through rookie drafts. And if you struggle in year one, so you struggle in year one, uh, the, the running backs, it's not even so much their shelf life from an injury perspective, but unless you're a stud bell cow back that has a propensity to stay on the field um, instead of uh, off field issues, suspensions and things like that. But there are so many running backs that are pushed up towards the beginning of a draft that won't be around in two to three years. Yeah. And it's because they're, they're like, you think of Giovanni Bernard, he was a top two round uh, startup pick in his second year and yeah. where is he now he's like round 20 and you yeah. can get him for basically for free I'm Monty a... Ball. i mean there's a whole bunch of fugazis up in the early part of the draft i'd rather start with the wide receivers and then build my idp and my running backs kind of organically as i grow into that contender status in year two and beyond so real quick how long have you been playing fantasy 2012 2012 okay my first dynasty draft and you're a football fan so you might still recognize oh, yeah. the name uh in 2004 we did our first draft and i said this is an idp dynasty like it was full i just went head head first and deep end uh <laughs> my my running back my starting running back that i thought was going to be the greatest thing in the world was jj ellington oh 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 Oh. Or no, J.J. Arrington. I, I even Arrington. messed up the name. That's how, yeah, that's, and he was god-awful. <laughs> and I, fortunately, I, I kind of learned after a few years. Like, I used to do other, you know, di fantasy stuff. But I learned very quick in Dynasty to do more homework than just uh, look at a depth chart and pick the starting guy. Right. But yeah, so, so I, I'm well aware of some brutal picks that i've you know we've all made brutal picks oh, over yeah. the years you know or somebody does something stupid and gets you know like josh gordon yeah, uh, yeah you just try to minimize the risk and minimize the suck 
is yeah. what we say, uh, by giving yourself as many higher uh, hitting type. Yeah. In, instead of the higher risk. That's. And speaking of risk, I find myself with a ton of Tyree Kill, and mainly because at the time I got him for like free or nothing in the drafts, in the rookie drafts, like a fourth round, you know. And now I'm just like, can I just get rid of the guy? <laughs> but nobody wants to give me anything decent for him. I'm like, just one little shred of positive news and I can get rid of him, maybe. Yeah. But. You might have to wait eight months, but. Yeah. I think there will be t- a time when you get to sell him before he does his next knuckleheaded thing. Yeah. Yep. That's like the window for Josh Gordon was like three weeks last year. And I'm like, I I got rid of a couple shares of him, but, you know, I just. It's so hard. It's so alluring. It's yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. the Josh Gordon I remember yeah. was a god. <laughs> and he could do no wrong. And he was going to have a 2,000-yard season with 16 yeah. touchdowns. and He won me oh a couple goodness. championships that year. Yeah, and was... it's hard It's hard to break up with somebody that you love. Yeah, yeah. Breaking <laughs> up is hard to do. Yeah. And then, you know, on a totally opposite, you know, not not anything to do with his off-field stuff, but Todd Gurley's knee. Like, people are giving me, like, oh, I'll give you two seconds for Gurley. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, you wouldn't take this. Like, his knee is bad, but, like, he's, he's not dead. He, he's still going to play. When I get a bad offer like that, I say, I think there was a typo, and then just send it back. <laughs> <laughs> no counter. Yeah. Man, Dan was a, actually, we're in another league together, the, uh, the sleeper league we're in. I wound up getting Todd Gurley in the second round. Yeah. So his value has dropped. Whether you believe in the knees bad or whatever, his value has dropped some. It well, has. Of, yeah, speaking about what it's Katie just said, though, buy. risk of, you know, minimizing risk. You know, right. I, I had a chance to take him, and I was like, uh, I'll take uh, – who did I take? I think I took Devontae Adams in the first yeah, round instead. Yeah. I was like, Devontae Adams, I think I'd pick nine. I think Daryl was at 10 or something like that. Uh, so then, yeah, I believe so. so then you, took him at, you took him at 2-4 or whatever before yeah. I could even – had a choice to make. So, Well, I mean, the value in the second round was just too good. I had to. Well, yeah. If it was a second round, I'd probably take him. <laughs> but I don't know. If you if you mess up the first pick, sometimes it can just you know, you're always chasing that. Yeah. That first pick. So, Katie, when and I know you you you've been preaching about taking the best player available. About when are you comfortable taking your first IDP, and what position do you normally kind of say this is what I want to target? All right. So, in a startup draft, it's probably gonna be somewhere around round ten, maybe a little bit later than that. It depends on the flow of the draft and if there's any premium positions, how deep the rosters are and how deep the IDP is going to be. If it's just one, one and one, I'll wait till, you know, round 23, 24 of a 28. But if it's, you know, two to three or or two to four, then probably close to round 10. Um, I don't want the I don't want the top guys that everybody's targeting. What I find a lot of people will follow IDP rankings a lot more closely than uh, regular rankings because they don't do their own research and they would rather just go with the cattle mentality. So if you if 
you know, it's kind of like a brand new car. When you buy a brand new car, you drive it off the lot, what happens? It decreases in value. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with IDP. Do you want to get the one of the top three to five at that position when you can wait a little, you know, three, four, five rounds longer and get somebody? Uh, you may have to get a group of linebackers, which is going to be usually my first position that I'm looking to get. Uh, you can get a group of guys that's going to kind of make up for that one potential stud, uh, especially if you play matchups and, and really watch the waiver wire and thing, things like that. So I find that I can wait a little bit longer on my IDP in a startup draft because it's like my running backs. I know that I'm going to be able to get plenty of them in rookie drafts with the eye that I've got, the research that I put in. Uh, versus the average Joe. Right. Yeah, and I think because, you know, Daryl and I kind of live IDP, we're researching year-round, so it's not like right. we have to... Not like we have to, like, sit there and cram right before a draft. Like, we, we, we did a couple startups on Sleeper, and I think I took a mentality this time to wait a lot on IDP instead of, you know, following the herd necessarily. I found myself, I, I've kind of been partial to getting an elite uh, defensive end. So if I, while the guys will take, like, you know, your, your top linebackers, your Wagners and your, your Keekleys and, and those guys, I've been trying to get an elite end like Daniel Hunter. Uh, I'm still yeah. a Joey Bosa believer, even though Daryl hates Darryl. him all the time. Uh, and, uh, killing me. But I, I think, and one of the things we noticed last season, we we were kind of taking a look at defensive ends. You gotta, de you gotta kind of have to look at who's consistent and who's just all over the place. Because so many defensive ends last season were so terribly inconsistent. You yeah, know, I love Trey Flowers, uh, for example. Yeah, uh, Arkansas product, by the way, and uh, <laughs> Patriot. Now he's not anymore. <laughs> but uh, double shout out. But guys like him that just seem to come out of nowhere that you can get reliable week in and week out. Um, DeForest Buckner, even yeah. though he plays, they, some will call him a defensive tackle and some will call him a defensive end, depending on what site that you're on. Oh, and that can tackled. change things too. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a defensive tackle league uh, and he's marked as a defensive tackle, then even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, I, I pretty much only do, uh, position specific. I, I can't take this defensive line, defensive back stuff. Like I, I yeah, need. That's how I started, specific. but I'm I'm the same way. It's but then we, probably... we go ahead. But then we argue about who belongs where, and and <laughs> Caroline is just trying to mess everybody up because oh. they're like they didn't really change a whole lot, but they're kind of changing to a three four base defense, and it's gonna mess up Brian Burns and. Possibly oh, some other guys in there, and I'm like, this is a big headache. And you know, Gary Davenport over there at the uh, Fantasy Sharks has a has his uh, well, for yeah, my fantasy league. Him. I would not want to be him. He already gets a bunch of uh, guff on Twitter about you know this guy <laughs> should be this because of this and blah blah blah. And he's like, well, I'm gonna you know take a look at multiple things just to you know I'm not just gonna make rash decisions, which is the way to go about it. You know, just right get more information before you make changes. And, uh, 
Yeah, we all want to know right now what it's going to be. I know I've been petitioning for years that Cleo Mack is not a linebacker. Because he's not. Well, he's not that, that was going to be another one of my uh, points at some point. Might as well bring it up now. But between the different sites, ESPN, MFL, Sleeper, and, and all of them, uh, sometimes they call them different positions. So you've got to know. And then sometimes mm-hmm. they also will change position in the middle of a season in the in the off season and yeah. if you're not paying attention or you don't notice that they've changed the position and your scoring doesn't favor that change sometimes it's too late to trade but yeah. you can at least try and trade to somebody that may be paying less attention yeah, but Chandler Jones is one of those that's flip-flop oh. back and forth because Arizona yep. went from 3-4 to 4-3 back to 3-4 so now he's been flip-flopped all around and I'm trying to get rid of him <laughs> Right, so yep. defensive scheme changes, coaches changes, position yeah. changes, they all end up, you know, you may have had what you consider an elite prospect, and then all of a sudden, just in the course of two years, coach change, position change, scheme change, something changes, and now, what do you got? Yeah. Not a lot. And at no. a certain point, I, I look at talent, like, Josh yeah. Allen, I was willing to take no matter if he was a linebacker or a defensive end because he's just, you know, talented at getting to the quarterback. Right. A- Talent, yet, to me, outweighs everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Montez Sweat, Daryl's really high on. I'd knock him down just a hair, depending on scoring, obviously. Everything, yeah. everything yeah, we say, we should just have the uh, constant asterisk depending right, on scoring. Right, depending. Yep. But, uh. You know, and guys like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb that are linebackers now, I've kind of, in certain leagues, I'm scooping those guys up late because everybody's like, oh, he's an outside linebacker. So I think we've talked to death about how we want middle linebackers that everybody avoids the outside guys. Now I can get those really cheap, which is one reason why lately I've been able to, you know, not punt, but push back my IDP drafts because I can just load up on receivers and running backs and then you know then i'm set there if i have injury strike i still got a pretty solid core there and if injury strike on idp well i write the waiver wire column every week i'm pretty sure i can find somebody well that was that's another thing that goes hand in hand with the strategy is if you look at the waiver wire at a wide receiver position it's pretty much going to be bone dry running back it should be bone dry and that's why you don't have to draft as many rookies or in your startup those stud IDPs because there's hidden gems everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's guys that are going to fill in when somebody else gets injured, and you can pick them up on the waiver wire, and they're relatively deep. Yeah. And I think linebacker especially, you can find a guy that will be serviceable for a bye week that'll that'll you know next man up. I mean, look yep. at Michael Kendricks last year. He He's, you know, apparently avoided the Fed prison for a little bit, and he he was a decent scorer for the few weeks he played for yeah. Seattle last week. So. And, and again, it comes back to it's a week-by-week game, yeah. not what did they do for you for the year. You could have a guy that's linebacker one through linebacker 12. You look at their average points per game, or how many games were they uh, Jordan made up the a warp uh, average win over replacement mm-hmm. it's the same type of thing with idp if you can pull a guy off the waiver wire that can potentially score you the same as somebody else that you're paying a much higher price for 
I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Now, some people say, well, but you can't always find that. It's like, but your stud doesn't always put up the 25 points either. So there's a whole bunch of factors and you just have to try to look at them all. Yeah, one of the things I was I'm doing an yeah. article on linebackers, uh, looking at the the LB ones like game by game, and one of the things I found interesting was Bobby Wagner from weeks fourteen to sixteen uh, was actually kind of like an LB three in those money weeks, those championship weeks where you you want your guys to perform. So I'm like, do I really love Bobby Wagner as much as I? You know, love him really <laughs> on the real on the field in real life because I'm like he's kind of been disappointing in championship range there. So, and there are guys that are IDP names that you wouldn't consider not starting, but yeah. then there are times where they throw up, you know, zero to six points, yeah. and you wish you would have just gone with your gut uh, for this other guy that was on your bench. But it's it. it it is more so, I think, in IDP because there are less big name players than there are, say, big name running backs or wide receivers. Yeah, right. I think some people just look at the projected points and are kind of a slave yep. to the projected points. Um, I look I mean, at the stat crew. It, yeah. You know, there's been an article every year the 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 crews that award an assist just like it was at a tackle, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, that's a that's an IDP friendly stat crew and they're playing this week. So, Hmm, yeah. I might give the nod and they don't usually put that into the projections. Yeah. Play nope. it in Buffalo. Yep. If they're in exactly. Buffalo. Play them, play them all. Play another. Uh, so Daryl, we didn't get to you. What do you, what's your startup strategy? You're, you're going, you're going, uh, let, let me, let me, in, let me in startups. I'm really not looking at rookies early. Uh, cause you gotta have some kind of, I mean, it's okay to gamble, but you don't want to gamble yourself right out of being any kind of contender or whatever. Um, so how about your I've first actually, IDP in general? What round do you normally uh, typically look at? Or I mean, I know it depends on what, what other people do too, but. Right, right. I'm kind of like uh, Katie. I'm looking probably, I don't know, rounds eight to 10 before I take my first one, depending on, like I said, depending on what kind of league it is, what type of scoring it is. Um, I've had probably four startups this year, which I said I wasn't going to do, but I did get into four. And in three of those, I've not really targeted a certain player or a certain position. Like, I, you know, I'm kind of letting it fall to me, but in three of those four, I actually did target Darius Leonard because even if he has a drop off from what he was last year, he's probably still going to be better than he's probably still going to be a top five guy. So I've kind of targeted him. Um, if he's there, you know, seven or eight and I'm feeling pretty good about what I've already done offensively, then I'll take him. If not, then I'm letting him slide on and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my offense. I want to build a solid team as a startup. So, you know, if yeah. I'm doing really good in those first, seven, eight rounds, then I'll take a gamble and, and uh, you know, round eight or nine, I'll, I'll take an IDP. Well, you took Darius Leonard in the third round in our sleeper startup that, that you did. So. Yeah, but that's a little bit different league. That yeah, league no. is... Well, yeah, we got we got a bunch of IDP sharks in there, I know. <laughs> I took Aaron Donald in the fifth round, and then I didn't take another one until the tenth round. Right. Uh, and you took Martinez, Collins. You got a few guys back-to-back. Yeah. 
Um, in my other one, I didn't take one until the, uh, I think it was the eighth round. I took Danielle Hunter in the eighth. The other yeah, startup I, I did. So. I think that's where most of mine in the three startups, I think you mentioned the one there, but the other three, I think it was the, like the eighth or ninth round where I took Leonard. Yeah. I'll normally grab one, wait a couple more rounds, you know, because if, if you start, if you kind of tend to start a run, you can kind of then pick up some running backs and receivers at a discount right. because they're getting pushed down the board. So that's what I, I mean. If, if a run starts that I kind of take a look at, okay, I don't need to follow this run because I can get the same quality of guy in a round or two uh, down the road. So any other uh, comments anybody wants to share before we wrap this up and go to some trades? No, I think we've covered everything about it. All right. Yeah, I feel pretty good with the banter. All right. <laughs> so, Daryl, you got a couple trades for us here. Uh, yeah. Let's see um, what we got. Uh, both of them, well, I've actually got three, but the two I've got here uh, come from uh, Twitter. Um, not the Reddit? Or not, I'm not sorry, Reddit, 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 not Twitter. Daryl's a big Reddit um, guy, so. I'm not. Yeah, so they come from over there. One of them, and this one really fits into what we were talking about, and I'm really intrigued to hear both of y'all's thing, uh, breakdown of this. He, the trade was, it's a 14-team dynasty league, very tackle, heavy scoring. Um, you start two ends, two linebackers, two safeties, one ta- one defensive tackle, one corner. Um, on his roster, he has Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, Zach Cunningham, and Leighton Vander Esch. The deal he has in place is Leighton Vander Esch for Devin White and Devin Bush. I would do it. Yeah, you're, you're getting, I would. I mean, you're getting. You're at getting... first, I kind of said no, and then I started looking at. It, I was like, okay, fourteen Keekley team. Is just, yep. And he's got other linebackers that can fill in as bridge players until those two really start to stud out. Yeah. But talent-wise, I don't see any reason why they won't. Yeah, I mean, I have Vander Esch pretty high in my ranks, but I don't have – I have Bush and White Dynasty rank-wise, like, at 10 and 11, 12. Like, I have them, you know, projected in my mind as being probably on, on par with – Vander Ash is far. I was going to say, if LB1. one of them, if one of them starts year one, averaging similar points to LVE, and then the other guy's just a bonus, and and starts next year or the year after to really stud out like that, yeah. I think it's. I think in a fourteen team, you've got to go for that extra depth. Right, and I almost started to say no, and then I looked at, it and I was like, well, he's got Luke Keekley, who has long history of concussions, and it's getting old. He's got Bobby Wagner, who's getting a little old. So why not hey, take hey, hey, Vander hey, hey. pipe down over there? <laughs> why not take key, uh, Vander Ash and trade him for two pieces that I think is going to be just as good, or one of them could be even better, which is hard to say right now. But I think he's preparing himself in case, like I said, Kook, uh, Keekley or Wagner, something happens. I think that's good preparation. So I would take the trade. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. I'll take that trade. What else you got? You said you All have right. some, some. Yeah, I've got a few. So this is that was easy. Reddit. So let's let's Molly. I hope this is right. 
Molly B. Denham, 75. Anyway, 16-team league, IDP bounce scoring, D-tackle required. Okay. Frank Clark, and he would be give or he, she would be giving up Frank Clark for Cameron Hayward, Hassan Reddick, and Jeffrey Simmons. So three for one. Yeah. So let's break down the Reddit name first of all. Molly for Denim. Is that the, the... Molly B. Denim. Molly, Molly B. B. Denim. Denim. I'm not exactly so sure. So either drug use or a lady <laughs> named Molly. <laughs> and apparently they're in the jeans. Uh... So... <laughs> all right. Sorry. Sorry for the distraction. Let's get back to the trade. So Frank Clark for what was the other three? Cameron Hayward. Hassan Reddick, Jeffrey Simmons. I think I make that trade. Getting those three. I like Simmons, and he's going to be sitting. He's going to redshirt this year, probably. Pretty Most much, likely, right? yeah. With his injury. Yep. Uh, who's the other piece? Uh, the Cameron third, Hayward. The middle piece. Cameron Hayward, uh, I think, and Frank Clark are pretty close. I mean, Clark's a little better. And then the third piece, which I'm not crazy about, is Hassan Reddick. Yeah, I'm not terribly high on him. I think it's a close trade, but... It's close. I mean, Hayward is not too far off of Frank Clark, I don't think. He's an underrated, solid... You know, he's not a elite defensive end, but he's got a pretty solid floor for you week in and week out. Clark going to KC. We, we don't really right. know. I, I like Clark, yeah, and he... he Maddie left Seattle, but <laughs> but uh, you basically have one piece that you're not gonna. I mean, I'm okay with not seeing a piece for a year. Simmons has pretty good talent, mm-hmm. but Reddick doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking at Reddick at all. Really, I th- for me, it's this team hey, rebuilding or uh, they didn't say he just it just uh, said 16 team bounced idp scoring and d tackle is required that's all i got even rebuilding hayward's a little old not he's old, 30 but, yeah, yeah i mean yeah my, i don't know i think with my other question is required, I think... my other question is what two players do they have to drop because anytime you do a three for yeah. one you got to drop two players. And if this is off season, like most your rosters have been expanded and you don't have to cut until right before the week before. So are you going to be trading and then end up cutting one or two of these guys before the season starts? That would be the worst case scenario. Yeah. And you could be cutting a guy that's better than Hassan Reddick. Right. Exactly. Just yeah. you may think of him as the name and and uh, but if you're not crazy about one piece of this, then why not substitute something different? I'd even rather take a, a draft pick like a future second yeah. or third. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather keep Clark if you have to drop anything that's I mean, I like Simmons. I think you could probably I don't know, pick up a defensive tackle that nobody's talking about rather than have i mean and and be able to use this year rather than to wait on simmons for a year well that's the other thing too is uh it's still june and 
You don't need to set your starting lineup now. You don't need to worry about your starting lineup until September. Mm -hmm. So any of these guys could get hurt in preseason. And then where's this deal? If you're counting on them in the building terms and you like Simmons down the road, I get that. But I still wouldn't necessarily want to give up, you know, Clark for that particular package. Clark entering his prime. Kansas City is going to have a lot of teams down. He's going to be blitzing a lot. I mean, he's coming off the edge most of the time anyway, but he's going to get plenty of opportunities to go at the quarterback. Hayward's that 3-4 defensive end. Like I said, solid, but older. Reddick's nothing special. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm taking that one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I think I'm passing on that. Throw a picket instead of uh, Reddick, and maybe I would consider it, but. They already have their draft, I assume, since Simmons is part of this deal. I would assume (laughs) that's safe to say. Yeah. Well, what the draft pick does, again, it's an undervalued thing, but now you're trading two for one plus a future. So you only have to make one cut or think about one potential cut. That makes a lot of difference right there. And then that draft pick is always going to be uh, something that's a trading chip. It's not going to go down in value between now and next year. And then next year, who knows, it could be a a gem of a running back that fell through because it's such a deep class or something like that. I love draft picks. Uh, A lot of people don't like them. I I play in some leagues. Soon as those picks roll over to the, uh, the season rolls over, they trade every pick. Yeah. I seen it. I, I, I'm usually try to be there one of the first ones <laughs> to catch them. It's like, hey, I'll, I'll trade you for those. Yep, well, Daryl was the guy who, when we first started this podcast about a year and a half, a year and a half ago, or a year and a couple months ago, said that he was going to get every bullet that he could so he could draft Ed Oliver <laughs> in the first round last season, so... So he, he's not afraid. He was collecting draft picks like M and M's. Well, that's uh, the nice thing about playing in Debbie is we tend to know two to three to four mm-hmm. years before they come out, and so you could kind of position your trades for future draft picks based around the class and yeah. anticipating where you think that those players are going to fall. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so much more fun. Yeah, Dan yeah. can tell you I have been beating the drum for Ed Oliver since. Basically, he was born, seems like. But <laughs> You are old, so. AARP, baby. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, J. Mike on the open bar, uh, yeah. he was joking around with me about uh, having the uh, AARP number of leagues because I was up to, uh, I don't know, I was up to like 40. I think I'm probably over 40 if I, if I continue the redraft leagues that I've been doing. <laughs> And he said, you know, go for the AARP. Just go for the 50. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, We're trying I'm, to talk J-Mike into, into joining an IDP league, too. Yeah. yeah that would be cool. Yeah. I, I keep telling, sending him Darth Vader things, come to the dark side. <laughs> you know. But, uh, but yeah. Um, any more so trades that, there, Daryl? I was just going to say, do you have any other trades? Yeah, it's <laughs> this was a big one, though. Um, apparently he traded three times. I'm assuming with this is like a Shane, this is a Shane trade, isn't it? Like where he's got like five different trades going on. And you'll know who this is. He's uh, submitted trades for us before on here. 
This okay. is uh, from our good listener, Bossack72. Yes. Great, great Reddit uh, name there. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, he Let me write this down. Me the so, trades individually. so if you need them individually, I can tell you. Let's right, just do one at a time. Okay, so the first trade, and he told me the first part is him, is what he would be okay. giving up. And the first trade is... Hang on, let me get it back up here. Oh, Where's the man. theme from Jeopardy? I, say, I don't it? have any Jeopardy theme. Let's see oh, what I traded. what do I have here. Uh, you're, you're ready finally? Okay. I was yeah, going to find some it. music to play for us. Here's here's one from a game show. <laughs> That's a fail right there. <laughs> Way to so, go, Darren. The first trade was Justice Hill, Zay Jones, a 2024th and a 2025th. And in return, he got Miles Jack and Gerard Davis. I'm not sure about that because Jack and Davis, I'm I'm pushing down this yeah. year. Jack could prosper with Telvin Smith more than likely not being there. I still think Telvin Smith's gonna like change his mind last minute or something. But could be, could be. But, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm not in love with that. Uh, if you don't give up one of the picks, I might be more inclined to go with it. But two picks on top of that, two starting linebackers. I, Gerard Davis, I just am not very high on anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, is Justice Hill and who else? Zay, Zay Jones. Jones and a 2024th and fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather have the I'd rather have the Zay Jones side of it. Yeah, I think I would too. I'm not big on Jack or Gerard Davis either. Well, so you were a big Zay Jones it, fan, correct, Katie? I wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> uh, I liked him at the Senior Bowl. Okay. He's got great hands. I think that he's going to finally uh, make a name for himself this year. That's and probably what I remember about you and Zay Jones. I remember. You mentioned me it and a few times. me and Zay Jones, we got a good thing going on. <laughs> no one told me there would be music here. Daryl's loving this here. He's been asking me to do uh, karaoke on the show for for years now. Well, well Dan keeps uh, crapping on my dream to be a lounge singer. So I've heard him sing. So, <laughs> so are you saying that he should sing a solo? Go for so it, Daryl. So low we can't hear him? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mute your mic first and then sing. There you go. Oh. All right, what's the second part of this deal? So, so far we uh, said no to the first part of the deal. Yeah, so the second part was Dion Lewis, Alex Barnes, and Jalen Richard for Zach Brown and Jordan Whitehead. I like that, Greg. Short term, yeah. I like Zach Brown, yeah, because I, mean, I would take, yeah. Is the other guy what? a Henry owner? Is the other guy a Henry owner to give him both backups, I guess? You can't just break down a trade. you got to take a shot at me already, right? I'm just assuming because, I mean, I don't know who else would want Deion Lewis and Alex Barnes in the same deal necessarily. Okay. Oh, I'm going to bust on your Titans all the time. Okay, so before I go with the next one, this is the part of 
it's a it's tantane okay full ppr super flex 12 super offense for and you got to start 11 defensive starters and you can start up to five linebackers one point per tackle two for a tackle for loss three for sacks five for picks and this was an orphan team he took over and he said there was no idp depth at all on it yeah, so, i think short term i like zach brown for this year i think with the eagles good safety so i mean he's not a top tier safety but he he did really well i didn't even hear who was the other safety i just heard who was the other safety who was the zach brown and who jordan whitehead okay josh jj loves him yeah he's he's writing so an article like... in the nfc south and he was telling me get ready for the jordan whitehead love and i was like okay so basically there's some good it's a ppr super flex league it's only 10 teams but he has no idp whatsoever so he's trying to build up his idp looks like so i think you know i don't like the first trade but i I would make the second one see i actually had to to cease my Dion jones love to irritate you with your king henry love uh because Dion jones or Dion lewis was garbage last year so i tried to tell you although alex barnes but he's still good at running his mouth so he's (laughs) he's got that (laughs) There you go. Where do you uh, fall on Derrick Henry? Let's see. Oh, no. See, always... I just think he had a lucky couple weeks, and he'll go back to being mediocre. I like Derrick Henry, but... Yes. But... but... <laughs> I, don't know th- I don't know that that's what he's going to necessarily be. I think it's going to be probably a little bit less, less, but he's still going to be like a good RB2. I mean... Yeah. He's he's not the worst running back in the league. He's not even the worst one in the AFC. How about yeah, that? There there are definitely worse. So it sounds like I'll take that trade. We'd make that trade right. for Zach Brown. Maybe. Yeah. And then I'll I'll do the, the third trade and then I'll give it to you as a whole. So he's so he's one and one trade. so far. Right. So this will be deciding so whether he won or not. Third part is Kiko Alonso. Justin Houston, who he just picked up off waivers. He's a defensive end on MFL. Antonio Callaway and a 2025th. For Curtis Samuel, a 2021 second and a 2024th. So he kind of went he kind of went the opposite way on this third trade. I would have kept Alonzo if he's needing IDP depth. I keep writing off Alonzo every year, so. I like Callaway better than Samuel straight up, and I like Kiko better than uh, the. The picks, yeah. The picks, I mean, and then Houston and the fifth on top of it. I, I'd say the Kiko side. And it's really, I don't think that yeah, close. So basically. Yeah, I think he gave up so way too much. He, did, uh, he gave up Justice Hill, Zay Jones. Deion Lewis, Alex Barnes, Jalen Richard, Antonio Callaway, Kiko Alonso, Justin Houston, a fourth and two fifths this year, and in return got Gerard Davis, Miles Jack, Zach Brown, uh, Jordan Whitehead, and then he got a second round and a fourth round. I like a couple of the pieces he got, but grand total. Yeah, grand total. Yeah. I, 
I think he gave up too much. I think he could have made better moves to get deeper. I could see what he was trying to do, but I think he gave up a little bit too much. Yeah. So, sorry. No, I would have probably stayed with him had he not no, given up a long jump. Please, no! 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 <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm assuming you already hit accept, so too late. But anyway, see, I, I got my work iPad working with our soundboard, so Daryl, you can could hear now. the sound effects because I was running them through my computer, and I'm not really sophisticated when it comes to this. You know? Oh, it was driving me nuts because I know you'd be playing a sound effect, and I was trying to be quiet and not say nothing, but I couldn't hear when it was over. Yeah, like that one just keeps going on and on and on. And, uh, uh, is that it or you got one more uh that's it for the trades uh, we've right. got the debbie diamond if we got time before we do the debbie diamond i want to yeah. i want to pick katie's brain a little bit it's her debbie brain here a little bit okay uh, so my recent uh debbie draft we no, we had is a rookie and debbie combined draft okay um i came away with uh lavisca chenault Nice. Jordan Love <laughs> and Derek King, and I've heard mixed reviews on Derek King. I was just wondering. I like him. I also got Demarcus Bowman, who's apparently committed to Clemson. He's a high school guy, and Justin Flo, a linebacker from U, U possibly USC, possibly Alabama. He's still not committed. Um, those are my five, and I was only allowed to take five. So I was curious your thoughts on those three offensive guys and if you uh know anything about demarcus bowman besides i was looking at 24 7 sports <laughs> what class is he uh he's in high school so he'd be i guess okay, 2023 well, yeah so in all of my debbie leagues i can't draft any kids from high school okay. so i can't See, help you out on him yet in this league i wanted to draft my nine-year-old son yeah <laughs> and i just wanted to just for fun but i'm like i'm not gonna waste a debbie spot on that it, right. it, it, would, it wouldn't be worth the joke. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, the only one I recognized there was the Lavishka Chenault pick. Uh, the other ones must be the high school kids. Nah, Jordan Love and Derek King are both, I think, eligible in the 2020 class. Uh, Love is a quarterback from Utah State. Okay, that's why, because I don't, I don't scout quarterbacks. The hit rate on them and Debbie is down yeah. if anything i'm yep. gonna take if if like a trevor lawrence falls a little further than he should or uh to a tongue of Iowa, i'll i'll take him but um and and Derek king it he's says he's a quarterback a 511 194 pound quarterback yeah kyler murray come on yeah okay <laughs> you probably <laughs> didn't hear my views on kyler murray but let probably. alone <laughs> i mean i don't know why you would want to take a quarterback like that I took a shot on him. This is this is the one that we you already said had. It's super flex. Uh, it is super flex. And it's twelve team. That's 12 still team. not enough to make me want to take a yeah, big shot we, on a guy. Have... I'd rather take a running back that at least has prototypical size. The chances of you hitting on a running back, even late in a draft, are going to be much higher. And then you can trade him for the quarterback three years from now, yeah. four years from now. Um, yeah, I took Chenault in the first. And then yeah. by the time it got around to the second, I think I actually Who'd you took take him over? Uh, Chenault. Most of the guys were pretty Did much Did you take gone. him over Rondell Moore? 
Rondell Moore went two picks before Chanel. Okay. All right. So you that. didn't get a you didn't get a chance at him. No. And I think I took it was mixed. So I think I took Earth's. It's tight end. Uh, it's either tight end premium or start two tight ends. And so I got start two tight end makes second. it tight end premium. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> I picked up Irv Smith in the second. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> then I went with the quarterbacks in the third and fourth. And then uh, Bowman I got in the seventh as I dug deep into my uh, high school players. And and then Justin Flo is a five-star recruit for linebacker. Cause we, we get crazy uh, in this league. It, it's crazy deep. Like I remember last <laughs> year we did the startup and I was moving. And I had to have uh, my my notebook with me at all times because we were drafting and I would be like on the road on my way to my new house or on the way back picking up stuff. And I'd be like, you know, trying to draft and not hold everybody up. Uh, but yeah, I was like, you know, eventually I would just look at like any running back that's any that's graduating anytime soon on any list. And I'd be like, all right, just give me this guy. But uh I had Miles Sanders and uh, Sega coming up from my team this year, along with a couple. I think I had a couple linebackers um, in that one. So, Chenault, I did okay with, and uh, the rest here. I like Chenault. I didn't. That's, no, that's I didn't even cool. say that I like Chenault. Yeah. Nah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I like him. I like him, but I think he's a little bit on the risky side. There's other guys in his range that I would normally take. That's why I was wondering if Rondell Moore or Justin Ross or those guys are long gone. Uh, then he's, he's probably okay. But yeah, Moore was taking one pick before me. Uh, Ellinger was a quarterback. Yeah. I'm uh, not Texas. Yeah. Yep. Kennedy Brooks was taken in eh. the second round. Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt was taken. I like him. Keyshawn Vaughn. Chuba Hubbard. Oh, yeah. I, I like Chuba. Uh, Chuba. Chuba. Chuba Hubbard. He's he's gonna be, uh, I think, fantastic this year. Yeah, I wanted him, and I was debating on whether to take him with the second pick, but I took Irv Smith instead. That's um, probably smart. With you said, start two tight end. Yeah, because my mm-hmm. tight ends, I think, were I think I have uh, what's his name, Aquaman, coming up next year, probably. Albert. Aguilo. Albert Aquaponum. Yeah. Yeah, Aquaman is easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I had I had Ian Thomas, Ricky Seals-Jones, Nick Vanette, and uh, Ben Watson, who's back. Suspended for again. four games. Suspended for four games, but yeah. hopefully Vanette and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones can help me out a little bit. Hopefully Ricky Seals-Jones sees the field at all. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a rough sled in there. Yep. It's also I'm also rough sledding at quarterback. So hence yeah. the reaches at Devi quarterback that Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. My defense is set, so I don't really have to worry about that too much. But I wouldn't expect so. Yeah. But anyway, Daryl's got a Devi diamond, and this is where he dives deep into the IDP <laughs> diamonds, because... Uh, I don't think anybody else really does a whole lot of Debbie writing for IDP. I don't know. I think Daryl's yeah, it. There's not a whole lot out there. I mean, especially Daryl's the only one at our website, maybe the only one <laughs> in the world. So, 
Gee, thanks. But, hey, uh, you are you are the number one Devi writer for IDP <laughs> in the world. That does all that means. I wouldn't go that far. But... See, you say I try to chop you down all the time, and here I am giving you a compliment. <laughs> as backhanded as it may be. <laughs> there it is. Oh, all right. So this week's um, is probably not, you know, Dan can tell you, I usually get to the more obscure, less known players. A bunch um, of corners. Not always corners, no. I mean, we've got safeties. You, you've and... had about four corners on the Okay. Four well, corners we... makes a square. That's true. Right. And a rectangle. We... <laughs> and trapezoid. <laughs> Well, not That's... necessarily trapezoid. <laughs> they're corners. They're just not 90-degree corners. corners. Just not, yeah, they're just not square. Just Some not are obtuse. Are you being obtuse? <laughs> no, it's just the corner. <laughs> Daryl's trying to be acute. That's all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and they thought that we'd never use algebra again. Oh, wait a minute. It's geometry. There you go. <laughs> Elementary, my dear Daniel. Yes. Uh, so this week's is going to come... From the Penn State Nittany Lions, linebacker Micah Parsons. He's a sophomore. Um, Did you pick that especially as a nod to Chad? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I actually didn't. I was looking around, and I had actually this past Saturday. I was. Everybody knows I do shipping and receiving, so I was waiting on a couple of trucks, and I was looking around and come across the name, and I started watching it while I was waiting on the truck, and. Uh, I was really intrigued, and then when I got home, I started doing the uh, film watch on him, and really impressive. He was a freshman last year. He'll be a sophomore this year. He led the team in tackles as a freshman last year. Not only did he lead them in tackles as a freshman, he only started one game for them. Um, That's kind you know, of he's got, uh, Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got a nice mix of size and speed, a very athletic, super explosive um, – uh, his coach gives him a lot of praise, James Franklin. You know, he's like he's been on record saying he's very coachable and has already said that he's impressed with his development from last year to this year, just over the spring. So, I mean, if he's can, if he's already that much better than last year, he's going to be something to watch this year. Uh, but yeah, as a sophomore, you don't get many sophomores that are that dominant or leading like that, especially in the Big Ten, SEC, stuff like that. It's usually your junior or senior years before you see them. So, uh, I mean, he come out right as a freshman leading the way. So, really liking what I'm seeing out of him. So, uh, what's his name? Micah Parsons, right? Micah Parsons. That's, that's what he said. Penn so, State. Micah Parsons. You just made the list. That's right. Daryl's Debbie Diamond list. Trying to help you out, Dan. You asked me last week for some uh, Davy names, so there's you another one. I did, I did. I ended up with Justin Flo from USC. So, but uh, <laughs> Justin Flo. Watch him next week. That'll be next week's Debbie Diamond. Is okay, Justin I'll see Flo. if I can find some middle school tape on him. But yep, yep. <laughs> but that about wraps it up. Before we let you go, Katie, uh, just to dive into a non-football, what does Katie like to do in her spare time when she's not uh, fantasizing about fantasy football? I like things that end in ing, like fishing and golfing, uh, basically camping, swimming, relaxing. Again, any any good word that and and drinking uh, that ends in ing. Hey. Um, 
Daryl was all about that. <laughs> hey! I think Daryl was drinking some moonshine over there. Was that what you were, uh, you you and uh, Dougie were talking about earlier? I may or may not be. May or may not be. I love me some good moonshine. I will put it this way: I have some cherries that are very, very strong. Pickled. They're pickled cherries. There you go. They're pickled. Yep. My sister's the moonshine drinker in my family. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you can find me during the week on Under the Helmet podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I'm on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399, S-K-Y-L-E-R 399. And also, if you are so inclined, every now and again, I will write articles for UTH Dynasty under the helmet dynasty dot uh, com. Awesome. Alrighty. So you can go follow Katie, go download and subscribe to the uth podcast uh, i'm a listener uh sometimes i'm stuck a few weeks behind but uh i eventually catch up when i'm cutting grass or driving my long commute during the week um definitely good stuff and, and as a podcast listener i try to encourage people to get as many different opinions as possible so i try to to encourage uh just listening to a lot of different opinions and then formulating your own based off of what you hear. So that's kind of how I look at dynasty and how I look at, and, and I kind of tre- tend to lean on some of the uh, other podcasts for my offensive knowledge. Cause I spend so much time in the defensive deep end, so mm-hmm. to speak. So uh, UTH is definitely one of those that I check out weekly uh, as well as some of the others here at the factory sports network uh, that we got going on here. And that reminds me of an old song that you probably have never heard of uh, by Dolly Parton. I've got a brand new roller skate and you got a brand new key. So why don't we just get <laughs> together? So I've got the offense. You got the IDP. <laughs> Let's bring it on in. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Any uh, last words for the people there, Daryl? Uh, What'd you do on your birthday? <laughs> He blew out a lot of candles. I saw, <laughs> I saw you had a margarita on Twitter. So, that a margarita yeah, that I saw on Twitter. Two. That was day two of the celebration. Day two, so it was an entire weekend celebration. Yeah, I may or may not still be celebrating. May or may not be. I like the indecisive. The 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 like like we don't know you're drinking right now. When you say may or may not be. Hey, I don't, I don't see you in my living room, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I can see you. Hi, Daryl. That's just a recording. Well, just, just to fill you in, Daryl's had a couple incidents on, on some podcasts. Uh, he, Why you got to be bringing up the past, man? Because our listeners find it funny. Uh, they do. He, I do it for them. That's we we tried to record on a Friday night, and I got a text from him at like 4. He's like... I'm going to be drinking tonight. So we go, we go to record. And he, first of all, he's laughing like this for about 20 minutes. And then we, we started in the podcast and he's doing the news and notes. And, you know, we're, we're going along. His, his work speech is a little bit slurred. And, and then all of a sudden I'm talking about something. And then I don't always have the hangout screen up. And I'm like not hearing Daryl for a while, so I just keep talking. And then I flip over the screen, and here's Daryl. 
laying back in his chair, <laughs> asleep with the headphones on. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> and then on Rated IDP Live, he apparently, Daryl, maybe you can tell us. Maybe you remember. Maybe you don't remember. You just kind of stood up and you knocked your computer well, off the table or something. I had to go. Uh, yeah, and I didn't have time to explain, and I jumped up a little too fast and jerked everything right off on the floor. So, yeah. And then you, you know, never returned, correct? That, that's the story? You were just done for the night? I may or may not have returned. <laughs> <laughs> we're just got the title this. We're, we're going to title this episode uh, Katie Flower May or May Not Have Been on This Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because, oh man, but anyway, we hope you had fun with us, uh, talking some IDP. Thank Um, you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, it's great. You're our first female uh guest on the show. Uh, we we do have a female listener out there, Julie, and possibly some more. Hey, Julie, maybe one called Molly. We're not sure yet. Maybe one named Molly. (laughs) <laughs> or somebody that's gonna watch the show Euphoria later on tonight. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, that about wrap us up for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you got some drafts left to apply some of the strategy to. And that's about it. Go Hawks! Tighten up. Go Vols! No, 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 Pats or Pat or Cowboys. Uh, no, I don't need to. You don't need to. I don't need to. They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> Good night now. <laughs>